Hello and welcome to the NCEA podcast. This episode is proudly sponsored by Sadlier. For over 200 years, Sadlier has been providing meaningful catechetical formation resources for Catholic educators. Check out their new annual Advent calendar for children and families to celebrate each day of the Advent season with fun and simple suggestions. Download your free calendar today at sadlier.com slash Advent NCEA. I am Jill Annable, Senior Vice President of Programs here at NCEA, and I am very excited about today's episode. Um, I have two colleagues from another part of the world with us today, which is very exciting because we've been working together on um, a giant project straight from the Vatican. So I have with me Jackie Raymond and Beth Riolo, and I'm going to turn it over first to Jackie so they can each introduce themselves. Thanks so much, Jill. It's great to be with you. Um, My um, interest in this work has been for quite a few decades now. And what I'm currently doing is some PhD research with the University of Notre Dame. And it's through the Noolungu Research Institute up in the far northwest in the Kimberley of Australia. And my research is looking at how we implement and apply La Dato Si in education. I also work with the Australian Catholic University uh, at the Faculty of Theology and Philosophy, and it's all about Laudato Si, that work as well. And I have a role with the Vatican in the COVID Commission to jointly coordinate the Ecology Task Force. And as part of that, it's working with global partners and bringing about Um, and preparing the future now that Pope Francis is inviting us to. And one last thing I've been very involved with is I'm a co-founder of the Laudato Si movement, which used to be known formally as the Global Catholic Climate Movement. Over to you, Beth. Thanks, Jackie, and thanks, Jill. And um, I'm really pleased to be with you all today too. Uh, My name is Beth Riolo and um, I'm a Catholic woman born and bred in a place called Wollongong, New South Wales, which is on the lands of the Dharawal people, who are one of the First Nations people of the land that we now call Australia. I, I have been an educator in Catholic schools for over 33 years. I've been a primary school teacher, a religious education coordinator and education officer for a number of years currently at the Catholic Education Office in Wollongong. And my current role actually began in 2016 and it involves leading our Wollongong Catholic Schools system response to the papal encyclical Laudato Si. And so my role is about building staff capacity in ecological conversion with a particular emphasis on creating linkages with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander education for our schools. And so um, that's that's probably what my, my main work is now at the moment. And I've also been um, working with Jackie on um, the working group for education for the Laudato Sea Action Platform. So that's probably enough for me. 
It's been lovely to be. It's been lovely to be a part of that working group and to hear um, throughout the world people's um, commitment toward um, everything happening in the Laudato Si document, but also uh, you know a long time commitment toward that work uh, into the future. And I'm hoping, Jackie, that you can explain more what we're talking about here with the Laudato Si Action Platform and maybe how that. How did that come from the Laudato Si movement? If you could just tell us a little bit of that timeline, that would be fantastic. Because it was the, the document was published, the encyclical was published in 2015, but a lot of work has happened since then. That's right, Jill. There has been a lot. And one of the key things that was spoken about from the moment that uh, we received the encyclical was the question of how to implement this with such a huge and somewhat um, you know, disconnected organisation like the Global Catholic Church. So we spoke about how we can help organisations walk the talk of this journey and um, really get a sense of where they're at on the journey, some way of measuring um, the progress um, being made. So, so that was a conversation that was going along uh, for quite a few years and we started to map it out. And then uh, we had that announcement of the Laudato Si special year anniversary. And we'd already had um, a staff member working on this plan with us, uh, which was terrific to develop it. And when the Laudato Si special anniversary year was launched, so that was at the fifth year of Laudato Si being, uh, having been released, there was um, a call for a year of celebration where we would lift up the things that had been happening with Laudato Si and share those stories, but also the recognition that uh, we then received the Laudato Si um, seven-year goals. And I think those goals were such a great inspiration for people to see the ways in which we're invited to live Laudato Si through this integral way of seeing the world as being deeply interconnected. And the goals then ask, I think they beckon uh, a way for organisations to enact them, to, to really get on with the work of uh, working towards each of the seven goals. So we were in conversation, of course, at the dicastery with Father Josh, who heads the ecology sector, and um, other key people within that Vatican dicastery for integral human development. And uh, we were really delighted that it was taken up as an initiative, particularly when we had the COVID Commission start, where Pope Francis was looking at some key areas uh, for work. And we had the conversation about how the Laudato Si implementation plan uh, could actually be a, a flow on from this COVID Commission body of work. And so they became connected at that top level where Cardinal Turkson and his team in the dicastery were talking about that. And it was agreed that that would be what would happen. So um, we had the announcement of the goals and then we had the announcement of the Laudato Si Action Platform and um, the launch of it, obviously, which has happened, is something that's brought together a whole lot of communities because it's aimed at seven different sectors of the church. And one of those sectors is something very dear to us all, which is the education sector. 
So this is for prime REITs, for secondary REITs, for tertiary, and the ways that we've organised the conversations to plan this Laudato Sea Action Platform has been to have two working groups, one for schools and one for universities. And I'm involved with both of those working groups as a co-leader, and we have a global steering group that's been meeting now for over 12 months to plan and coordinate and design what this um, architecture of a Laudato Sea Action Platform is like for the seven sectors. That's incredible. And for any for any listener who's catching up on this work, um, if you go to laudatoseactionplatform.org, um, you will see the goals right there as you scroll down. And you can also see the seven sectors that are being called to action here. Um, so, let, so let's turn over to Beth for a moment. And I just really want to hear for a school leader who hasn't had this at the forefront of their mind, um, what are they being called to do? And it could come straight from those goals or just from your own practice. Um, how can we live out what is being asked of us through Laudato Si? Well, see, thanks, Jill. I think Laudato Si, for me, is just one of the most important environmental texts of the 21st century. It is truly a prophetic statement from Pope Francis that has challenged every person living on this planet to consider his or her relationship with creation. And there's this deep invitation for us all to enter into a new dialogue towards how we build a better future for our, our planet. And so we're, we're called to actually respond to that. And in the Catholic school system, this is it, it's really at the core of who we are. And Laudato Si really reminds us that creation is this one interrelated community before God and that we are, as human beings, grounded in three fundamental and closely relationships. That is relationship with God, with our neighbour and with the earth itself. And so our task as human beings is to actually steward the flourishing of all three relationships. And so for me, Laudato Si is really telling us that at this time in our human history, we need to reimagine our relationship with the earth and respond to it effectively, respond to this ecological conversion. And so we do that, we can do that really well in our schools. And so the core teaching for me coming out of Laudato Sea is that concern for the environment is not an optional or a secondary aspect of our Christian experience. It's the protection of God's creation has been placed formally and permanently at the centre as part of our faith response. And so when we're talking about our Catholic school communities, this is part of our faith response. And it is a response that realises that we all have an ecological vocation that we need to live out and we need to have a response that is holistic. It's based on a broad vision of a reality that involves not only human beings and their culture, but also plants, the animals, the habitats, the atmosphere, the rivers, the seas, the mountains. It's a whole vision based on our relationship with everything that has been created by God. And so in our school systems, we need to be educating and forming our staff and our students to understand that relationship, I think. I, I just want to say, too, it's 
in hearing you speak about it, it, it sounds overwhelming. This is a big task. This is a big document. This is, however, however, for a teacher, even a first-year teacher who has never read an encyclical, lifelong Catholic maybe who has never gone into church documents, this is very um, personal. It's a personal read, and it's an it's not a difficult read. It takes time and it takes commitment, but it's not an impossible. It's not like trying to read theology of the body. Like this is a this is a text you can enter into, and you can see your you can see your takeaways and what you're being called to do as a family. You can see what you're called to do in your vocations, and you can see. Um, really the continuation of the creation story. And I think it's it's a beautiful um, testament to the depths of our Catholic faith. Um, and it's so timely that we have these conversations worldwide in order to take care of each other and to take care of the earth that was entrusted to us. So I, I appreciate everything that you shared there, Beth. That was That was beautiful. I'm wondering, can you speak, Beth, a little bit more about what schools in your region are doing to actively support Laudato Si? And now that we've hit November 14th, schools can formally formally commit to to this work. Um, what are you seeing there? Sure. Thank you. Um, I've, I've been very fortunate, I think, in Wollongong, um, when Laudato Si was released in 2015, the leadership of Catholic Education, um, our director of schools, um, took very seriously um, the call to respond to Laudato Si. And so all of the Catholic schools in Wollongong, that's 38 primary and secondary schools, we have been on this intentional strategic journey of ecological conversion that has really involved our schools embedding ecological values and formation into school programs and practices that promote an ecological and a sustainable culture. And so in 2016, when my role was created, that was essentially to lead our schools and support our schools in doing this. And so that has taken what what that looks like. We've had extensive formation and liturgy and prayer around um, the theology of Laudato Si, like the why, why are we doing this? Um, we've we've brought into practice um, a strategic approach through schools having what we call a school environment management plan. And so schools look at different aspects of um, ecological action in their school and they plan for it. And so there's that there's things like um, gardens, waste management principles, ethical resources. So all of these things are being um, planned for and looked at and reflected upon in a school. Uh, in 2018, we um, created and wrote um, an environmental education and action policy so that schools would have some guidelines about ways that they can um, initiate their ecological conversion journey in their schools. We created also what we call the WEN, the Wollongong Environment Network, which essentially is all of our 38 schools has a WEN teacher contact, which um, and that person, I can have a direct contact to schools in terms of environmental action at their schools. And we also have something called environmental education grants that schools can apply for, for specific environmental action. So We've, we've really um, been on this intentional strategic journey of 
ecological conversion for our schools. And so the Ladado Sea Action Platform for us is just um, another way that our schools can up the ante of their involvement in that. And the other thing in Wollongong that I'm very excited about was on the 4th of um, October, on the final day of um, the season of creation, uh, the feast day of St Francis of Assisi, our bishop, Bishop Brian Mascord, um, released a diocesan pastoral message that committed the Wollongong diocese to um, engage in a very strategic and very intentional way to the Ladado Sea Action Platform. So we're very excited in Wollongong to have and see the Ladado Sea Action Platform coming to fruition because it is something I think we've got, been on this journey and it's a way that we can continue to um, walk this, this path. It's incredible to, to note that there's commitment to this topic at every level of leadership that you described and, you know, to to create positions for this, um, you know, isn't happening everywhere. But I but we are seeing it trickling into the United States, thankfully, um, but it is much more so happening in other parts of the world. So I, I appreciate you sharing your witness to this work because um it has been so critical and fruitful. What are what are some of the biggest takeaways you've seen so far, Beth? Now that you are a few years in, um, especially among students, and I, you know, this question wasn't on our list, but even especially among students or teachers, or um, you know, what growth have you seen in them and how they approach the world? Well, that's a that's a really good question because you know everyone always wants to know outcomes and um, you know the accountability of things. Um, I, I would say that across our schools, the language of Laudato C is 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 very much a, a, across our, all of our schools. People people know what Laudato C is. I think people can articulate that we all have a responsibility to respond to our planet, to care for our common home. And I know that in our schools, our our students can speak to that. And so. I, I just think it's it's just an, a, a raising of the awareness and the importance that we, as human beings, all have a, a, an ecological conversion journey to be a part of and to, you know, be involved in. Um, so that, that would be probably a big thing for me. The other thing is just all the, the different things that happen in our schools. So from from things like... Um, waste management uh, systems and school gardens and children going outside and engaging in creation and doing outdoor education. Those kinds of things are, are I think, are, you know, real pointers to, to the work that's been happening. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I appreciate you sharing all those things. Um, Jackie, I'm hoping that we can go back to you and you can talk to us a little bit more about the action platform. And now that we are past November 14th, schools can register on the website to show their commitment. Um, what exactly does that mean and what exactly are they committing to do? Thanks, Jill. Yes, it's, um, it's an invitation to embark on a seven year journey. And that may sound like a large commitment because of the length of time, but the way it's been designed is in very manageable chunks. So the first step is to pledge your commitment. 
and you'll receive a response that invites you to fill in some details about your school, where you are in terms of your socio-cultural geographic situation. And that means then you'll receive um, the right suggestions for action that fit with your resourcing level in, in your community. So the suggestions come to you as a school community and it's the the leader of the school that needs to make this commitment um, to go on the journey for the school. And once those suggested actions arrive, it's an opportunity to really have dialogue with your um, staff, your students and your parent body as well about the kinds of things that you'd like to achieve in the next 12 months because the seven years are broken up into having an annual plan being um, committed to by your school and you put in that annual plan the things that you think are appropriate to do in the next 12-month period. Then there's an opportunity at the end of that first year to evaluate that and then put in a second year plan. So each year there's an annual plan being submitted around the seven goals and you get to select which goals that you're working on and in particular which actions you're taking across a broad range of areas. So I think that real flexibility of being able to discern within your community and to decide which actions are the ones that are going to suit your context, your community and the ecological goals you'd like to achieve in that 12-month period. There's a range of resources on the Laudato Sea Action platform for all the sectors, including for schools. And there's also events. So there may be things that you wish to attend um, that help connect where you're at on the journey with other schools, other teachers, other students connecting. And of course, um, you can upload the things that you're doing as well onto the platform. So feel free to share how you're going about this great journey and share the things that have helped you. They may well be resources that others can use or there may be events that you're hosting that you'd like to invite others along to. This really is a unique opportunity to uh, collaborate as a global network of schools and I think that's so exciting to be part of. It's going to be remarkable to see the examples and the connections being made on the platform. I'm really looking forward to that growing over time. That's going to be fantastic to see. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm going to go to Jackie and then to Beth, if you can share some advice, um, what would you say to a school leader who wants to take the first steps toward this promotion of integral ecology or they want to pledge their commitment? Where should they start? And you might have to go back in your memory quite a bit because each of you are very far on your journeys yourselves. Where would they begin? The first thing is recognising what's already come up in this conversation, the personal dimension of this transformative journey of ecological conversion and being able to nurture that within yourself because being aware of that means you can share what you're learning and the, the, the connections you're making within yourself and with creation and with our creator God and each other as you're leading this journey. So I think that's really important to attend to your own ecological conversion process. And then secondly, knowing that it's about embarking on a community ecological conversion so that the school community 
takes the next steps, it's really important to be in dialogue, in dialogue with your staff body, in dialogue with the parent body, in dialogue with students, and that everybody is encouraged all the time to open up these dialogue spaces together. So I think perhaps bring together some of the people that you know have great interest in in this area um, and make sure that you've got some diversity in that. So some staff, some parents who, you know, research shows that there's at least 10% of every school community um, parent body that's connecting in their professional lives with creation in whatever way, whether it's horticulture or landscape architecture or uh, working in their local uh, council area or whatever that may be, that are just waiting to be invited to be part of this journey. So bring together a group of about 12 people, and there can be some students in there too, to have regular ongoing dialogue. That will provide the basis for the ongoing work to um, become clear that those actions can be reflected on together, they, you can evaluate them and you can take the next steps. It really is an exciting ongoing journey of dialogue. So committing to that, I think, will enable you to take this seven-year journey. But that's the first steps I'd recommend. Oh, that's fantastic. I was jotting notes as you spoke there, Jackie. That was fantastic. Um, Beth, where, where would you have a school leader begin their journey? Yeah, I think it's similar to what, what Jackie has already said. Um, for me, formation is key. And, and that was very much our starting point in Wollongong. We didn't talk about action at all initially. We talked about the why. Why would we do this? Why is this a Christian response? Why, why is this important? And so for me, people need to know why something is important. They need to know why they should take action and why they should have buy-in in this. And so for me, ecological conversion, that change of heart, it's, it's this both a personal and a communal response, which Jackie has already said. And so for me, formation is key because it takes people on a journey from the head space to the heart space. And so without that, I, I, don't, I don't think it, there's, a, there's a hollowness in the actions if you don't have it really set in people's hearts why they're doing something. And as Catholics, we really do need to be reminded that care for the earth, care for creation, is an integral aspect of, of our faith response. It, it has ethical and moral implications. And as educators, we have a moral responsibility to respond. So when people have the why, then the strategy, the plan, the action, that, that can all follow. So that would be my, my starting point, the first step. And if you're not sure where to start with that formation, the key is in La Data Sea itself. I think reading it together, taking it chapter by chapter and having the reflective dialogue around that will really help your formation journey to establish in ways that you could never expect until you take that that path of reading it carefully together and um, reflecting on it. And it's always a reference tool on the journey. As Beth was, you know, giving us a quote earlier, you know, I think those things that you can share with your school community, just one sentence out of a paragraph can be incredibly inspirational from Pope Francis. So have it as your, uh, in your hip pocket, have it on your um, desk and um, keep it close.
And the other That's thing, incredible. I would, mm-hmm. the other thing I would suggest, sorry, Jill, is also no, it's there, good. there's such richness there in our world, in the arts, in the with the poets and the the writers and the, the musicians that that are just doing beautiful things that speak to our heart that will encourage the ecological conversion. And so, like, and the prayers that can be happening that across school communities. That would be the other thing. Part of the formation is praying about it too. And what is our, what is the way we gather and um, and praise and worship and you know all of those things can really enhance the formation and the ecological conversion of people to have that change of heart towards the planet. That's exactly why we've had our forty days of prayer, isn't it? Prayer and and discernment leading up to the launch of the Laudato Si Action Platform. And um, I think being able to share those great resources for worship, for prayer, for ways in which we, you know, really open up to the Holy Spirit working with us on all of this is, is just such a beautiful part of the work and it's essential, as Beth's saying. So... So again, that's something that we can keep sharing with one another. We don't need to recreate the wheel. There's so many resources that we know are already on the on the Laudato Sea Action Platform and we'd love more and more. So please feel free to, to share those with us. That's fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you each a curveball here and ask you one additional question, and it's out of curiosity. It can be related or unrelated, but I am curious if you can share just one great thing happening in Catholic education where you are, something that you're currently celebrating or that brings you joy, um, if you don't mind at answering that additional question before we go. This is really hard, Jill, because there's so many things that come across my um, desk where I just think, oh, wow, children, are, students are doing some amazing things. Um but I, I, I suppose it, it is really, it's, it's those little stories that you hear where, where students create some, some beautiful working class where they're responding to their, their, their sense of who God is and what their place in creation is that you, you think, wow, there's that, that movement of the spirit and, and these are the, 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 the future. And so for me it's... It's what the children are doing and how they're responding to the opportunities that teachers and our schools are giving them to really embrace what it means to be a person on the planet in the 21st century because they're the future and they're the now and that's what excites me. So when I look at all of the doom and gloom sometimes about what is happening with our planet and what COVID has, has done. I, I go to the little individual stories of the ecological conversion of individual people and um, individual students. And actually, I'll, I'll probably, if I, if I may indulge, um, there's, I think it is so important that what we do in Catholic education, that we invite all of our um, staff and our students to consider their own ecological vocation. And Mary Oliver, the wonderful poet, her words around this and this invitation is just been resonating for me at the moment. And she says, 
what does it mean, say the words, that the earth is so beautiful and what shall I do about it? What is the gift that I should bring to the world? What is the life that I should live? And I see that happening in our schools in Wollongong and hopefully with the Laudato Sea Action Platform, it can be this global, global movement. I'll, I'll stop now. <laughs> oh, that's that was great. Okay, over to Jackie. She's had some thinking time now. So that, that was great, Beth. Thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah, I also feel like there's such a plethora of things I've witnessed over these years. It's so hard to say one thing, but I think perhaps the best thing to do is to go to the one that came to my inbox this morning and um, just the most recent one, I've been working with um, all of the Catholic schools in one of the states in Australia known as the Northern Territory, which encompasses uh, Uluru, uh, known as Ayers Rock, in the Red Centre, all the way up to the top end. And one of the teachers uh, who's an Aboriginal education worker in one of the Sacred Heart schools sent a letter that he's drafted to invite his school community to embark on this journey. And I just felt completely thrilled to read it. He um, has represented the seven Laudato Sea goals. And at the beginning of the letter, Troy has written the words, welcome, welcome, welcome in local Larrakia language in English. Um, and he's inviting the um, fellow staff members to join him on the journey. And he's saying, we've been tasked with a spiral journey that will last beyond our lifetime. Laudato Sea will be our guide through this journey. We have many stepping stones ahead of us. The first point of call is to engage in our school and the wider community. We'll build our community's resilience and empower our people, <coughs> excuse me, who will sustain the hard road of full participation ahead. We'll stand together in collaboration and not in competition to work as a strong and united team. With deep listening to each other and creation, we'll be able to reduce our differences to find ourselves and our common home. So come and join our team, Laudato Sea team that will connect with others from around the Northern Territory, Australia and the world. So that's how he's drafted the letter. And I just thought, isn't that fabulous? That's his response to uh, how to invite people on this open-hearted spiral journey of life ahead as a deep, um, you know, Indigenous traditional owner person. I just thought that was awesome. That is that is incredible, and I can't I can't think of a better way to close out this episode than from that example. So I thank you, Jackie, for that. That was an incredible witness to this work, and to all the work you've put into. Um, into this. This is, this is incredible. So I just want to say thank you to each of you. Uh, what a lovely conversation. Uh, I appreciate all the work you're doing and all the inspiration you give to the rest of us um, on our journeys ahead. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. Uh, let's. Uh, this is the end of our episode on the NCA podcast. God bless. <laughs>